So two weeks ago, uh, I preached a message called When Jesus Leads Us. And I told the true story. And I like, I like to always say true story. When I talk about a story in the Bible, I like to say, you know, the true story. Because they're true stories. They're in the Bible, they're true stories. And so there's the true story of Jesus and his disciples. Um, Jesus saying, hey, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. It was Jesus' idea. And they got in a boat and this tsunami arose. I mean, tsunami-like conditions. It was violent. To say that it was windy or stormy is a gross understatement. And Jesus was asleep, head on a pillow, sleeping on that boat. There were other boats with him. There were other followers that came. So there are, there's all these boats of followers of Jesus in the midst of this storm crossing over to the other side. And panic broke out. And at some point they woke up, Jesus said, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to die? That we're going to be destroyed? And Jesus called them on their faith. Where's your faith? Where's your trust? Did you really think I'd let you die in the midst of this storm? I love the perspective that it's not just a boat full of people. Did you really think I'd let all of you and these other boats and all of my followers, did you really think I'd let you die in this storm? Especially knowing it was my idea to get in the boat? Trust. When Jesus leads us and we faithfully and faithfulledly follow, we can trust him. We can trust him to take us through the storm. We can trust him to bring us into our destiny. We can trust him in all things. However, when we set off on our own course and we take our eyes off Jesus, which let's just be honest, sometimes our problems are big. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes that's easy to do. We take our eyes off of Christ and onto situations or onto obstacles or onto hardships or onto difficulties and whatever it is, and all of a sudden we give them great greatness we make them big and we forget how big our god is how big is our god our god is the god that when he points to the the skies and the sea and he says peace be still that the waters are instantly freakily stilt that's how big our god is he is bigger <coughs> but we have to keep our eyes on jesus when we ignore him when we set our will above his, uh-oh. When he gives us instruction and we flat out disobey, uh-oh. Like Jonah. I preached on that four weeks ago. The Lord told to Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah goes, okay. <laughs> Went the exact opposite direction. The title of today's message is this, Demonstrating Trust. And I'm going to focus on rest. This started off as a two-week series. I was going to preach on rest. And then the next week I was going to preach on tithing and giving, demonstrating rest. But this isn't a two-week message. This, who knows how many weeks this message is. And that doesn't have anything to do with how long I'm going to preach it. The Lord is speaking to us. Do you trust me? You know what last week was? Last week was all about demonstrating trust. Do you trust me? Yeah. Yes, Lord. Well, then demonstrate it. 
There is no trust without demonstration, friends. There is no trust without demonstration. There's no, there's no faith without a working of response without action. If we trust Him, we have to demonstrate it. So I want to say this right now before I really get into the bulk of what I'm preaching. I know there's some people. I mean, we're, we're, we're a really cool community. We're a really tight-knit group. And so we know each other's lives. And so I know that there's some difficulties. I know that there's some storms that people are going through. Keep your eyes on Christ. He's going to carry you through. Keep your eyes on Christ. He's going to carry you through. I got to keep my eyes on Jesus. He's going to carry me through. The only time that we're, we're in trouble is when we take our gaze off the healer. When we take our focus off our Redeemer and off of our healer. Amen? Amen. Demonstrating trust. Rest. This is two sermons in a row that I have preached on rest. And there, there's a really practical reason why. A year ago, last month, the beginning of May, May 7th of last year, um, I stood before this church and, and I repented. I publicly confessed some sin and I repented. And then I preached a message that tied into that. And what I confessed to you it was sin. It was missing the mark. It was a big swing and a miss. And it was on the subject of rest. I wasn't resting. We had been working on this building. We had been doing construction. There was so much work to be done. And I didn't take a day of rest. Hardly ever. It was seven days of work. And I got called on it. Friends called me on it. Elders called me on it. My wife called me on it. Again and again. Yeah. <laughs> so I preached a message last year called Trust Rests. Remember that message? Trust Rests. And then I, I did a calendar alert and I still have it. I have a yearly, I set an alert to go off every year. And I asked my question, how are you doing on rest? Because it's easy, man. It's easy to get in the trap. It's easy to get in the trap of not resting, of not trusting God. So I do want to give a praise report. I'm doing, I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm doing very well in the area of rest. Tomorrow I'm resting. Last week I rested on Monday. It was Memorial Day. It was wonderful. The week before I rested on Thursday. My Sabbath, my, my time of rest, it may change. It, may, it might not be a Monday every time, but I am resting and... And the impact of that is seen in every relationship I have and in every, every area of my life. Trust requires action. It has to be demonstrated. We demonstrate it to ourselves. We demonstrate it to our families. We demonstrate it to our God. We demonstrate it to the world. Trust. Belief. As Christians... Everything that we cling to is about the belief we have in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and is the only way to the Father. Belief, trust, it has to be demonstrated. This message and the points of emphasis that I'm making, and please hear me, they're much more than what they seem at face value. 
this is as much about relationship as it is about resource. When I preach next week, it's as much about relationship as it is about resource. If we aren't resting, every relationship we have is affected. If we're not resting, if we're not trusting God and demonstrating it in the practical ways that God has asked us to demonstrate our faith, relationships are affected. When I wasn't resting, my marriage was hindered. It was affected. It was strained. My relationship with my kids. I see two of my three. I bet you the other one's in with the kids. My relationship with my kids was strained. It was affected. Why? Because things were out of order. Because I was disobedient. You guys, the the Ten Commandments weren't, weren't done away with. Now, the Ten Commandments don't lead us to salvation, but the Ten Commandments were given so that we could have enhanced relationships. Do not murder. That truly benefits the relationship I have with Tiffany. Do not murder. Do not commit murder. I said it before and I'll say it again. Trust that is not demonstrated is no trust at all. So let's talk about rest. You guys, it's a commandment, but it's also a gift. It's a gift. The Ten Commandments do not have any other gods other than our God. Do not have idols. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy and set apart. Honor thy father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not covet. These are all about relationship. They're all about relationship with God and with each other. And that is God's plan. If we walk in obedience to the Lord, you guys, there's blessing. There's joy. There's life. So why do we feel like we can ignore this of the Ten Commandments? We don't ignore the others. We don't sit there and say, oh, well, you know, yeah, I'm okay with bearing false witness. Let's let's bear the heck out of that false witness. We don't think we can do that. Why would we think we can throw out the window, do not rest? Question. What fast food restaurant chain generates more revenue per restaurant than any fast food chain in the United States? Anyone want to take a guess? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. According to a recent, I'm going to sound really, I'm I'm quoting now. According to a recent QSR, which you guys know what QSR stands for? Quick service restaurants, fast food, quick service. QSR reports, quick service restaurants, Chick-fil-A generates more revenue per restaurant than any other fast food chain, including the almighty Starbucks. And it's not even close. It's not even close. Chick-fil-A sells three times as much as KFC. The next highest ranking stores in this per store amount of income were Jason's Deli, Panera, and McDonald's. In average, Chick-fil-A makes five times more than the average fast food restaurant on a per store basis. I do apologize because I'm sitting there talking about Chick-fil-A. 
And then my next point is this. They're closed one day a week. Which day? Sunday. They're closed Sundays. Do you know that Sunday is the highest grossing day of the week for fast food? And and what kind of business model is that? To close on, on the highest selling revenue day in the fast food industry. And they're audacious in their reasoning of why they're closed. In every store you walk in, you will see this right here. Why Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. And it, it spells it all out. It says it's always been one of their values. And then it says, we close so that our employees can rest and worship. I love that kind of audacity, don't you? You think God honors their trust? You think God honors this value? Do you think God honors that obedience to the Sabbath? To trusting Him. See, this is what the Sabbath is all about, friends. It's about trusting God. It's trusting God that He can, when we rest in Him, that more can be accomplished in six days than it can in seven. We trust the Lord with the tithe because what we're saying is, Lord, you can do more with the 90% than you can with the 100%. Trust is all about demonstrating that, that we believe that this is true. When we take a day off of rest, it gives us the opportunity to be refreshed and to rest. And even God did this. Even God rested. So Exodus 31, 12 through 13 says this. And we're going to be in Exodus 31. So if you turn to it, you can just keep your finger there. We'll also have the scriptures up. So 31, 12. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say... Above all. What an interesting thing to say when, when Moses was delivering the Ten Commandments. He didn't say above all when it came to the others. Okay? Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. An S on the end. That you may know that I, the Lord, set you apart. That I, the Lord, sanctify you. The Lord has set us apart. The Lord has dedicated us unto himself. He has made us holy. And in this chapter, we see that the Sabbath is holy for us. And we see that the Sabbath is holy to God. It's set apart. Verse 16. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and, my, and, and the people of Israel, which is you and I, we've been grafted into this as believers in Jesus, that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. The Sabbath was was this remarkable. As a matter of fact, I believe it was the greatest sign to the world for generations. It wasn't done. Well, see, we're used to a day off, okay? We live in America. 
We're used to a day off. Back then, there, there wasn't a day off. Day offs were reserved for uh, royalty and they were reserved for the rich. And if you were neither uh, a duke or rich, you worked seven days a week. There was no rest. When the Lord instituted this, this was radical. It was a sign for the world. It was actually a pretty awesome, radical, defiant sign. God saying, my rules are what matter. My commandments is what matters. My covenant with you is what matters. If you were a Jew in Egypt, you were one thing and one thing only. A slave. Check this out. Check this out from Deuteronomy 5.15. This is so stinking powerful. I love this. Deuteronomy 5.15. You shall remember that you were a slave. Everyone say, I was a slave. In the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to what? Keep the Sabbath day. Remember that you were a slave. Remember that you were in chains. Remember that you were in bondage. Remember. But now, we are free. Can we say that as well? I am free. We are no longer slaves. Right? but many of us still act like slaves. How many, how many people out there, and, and obviously you know that you know, this is kind of a weighted question, how many, how many business owners, how many people out there have their own business? You run and operate your own business. Okay, so we got, we got a pretty good amount. You, you've got to watch this the most. You've got to be aware of this the most because it's your business and really it feels like it's on your shoulders and you feel like the, the weight and the success of your business, it is on you, whether it succeeds or not, and that is just a lie from the enemy. That is what a slave believes. That is not what a free man believes. A free man says, I have been free. The success of my business falls solely on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. My God is my provider, Jehovah Jireh. He is my source. He is my provider. He is the one that succeeds. And if we close on Sundays, we close on Sundays. And highest grossing fast food day be darned. And it's got to be intentional. And it's got to be a demonstration of faith. And it says, I'm not the source. My God is. My efforts don't dictate the outcome. My God does. And this is spoken by a dude who loves to work. I really like work. It's kind of, I mean, probably disproportionately so. I like work. It really feels good. And I wasn't taking a Sabbath. And what did I say was being harmed? Relationships. You guys, that is, that is the result. When we don't rest, relationships are harmed. Business owners, if, you, if, you're, if you're married and you don't take that day of Sabbath, it will put a strain on your marriage. It will put a strain between you and your kids. You're a free man. You're supposed to act like a free man. You're a free woman. You're supposed to act like a free woman. But too, un, too many of us, were in bondage to work. 
we're in bondage to the almighty dollar. We're a slave to it, and we're not supposed to be. Our God is our source, amen? And that's a big stinking amen. That's Our God is our source, right? I mean, this I feel free from this. I'm speaking as a free man right now, whereas a little over a year ago, I wasn't. I wasn't demonstrating this type of trust in my God. If we feel like there's so much work that needs to be done that we cannot take a day of rest, then we are a slave to work. We gotta trust Him. We gotta trust Him. I, I don't care how much work there was to be done. We gotta trust Him. Matthew six twenty four through thirty three says this: No one can serve two masters. Please keep in mind what what I read in Deuteronomy about about no longer being a slave, okay? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And now... Matthew 6.33, one of the most often quoted passages. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. We have to rest. We have to trust. Our God is our source. He is our provider. Men, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're so valuable. You're so valuable in this place. You're so valuable in our community and you're so valuable in our home. But you're not the strong one in this relationship. Jesus is. And as great as you are at providing and as much as you carry that burden and I know you carry that burden, your Father is the provider. And we need to find peace and we need to find rest in that. The Sabbath, and when we take rest, it's a sign to the world of the power of God. So imagine a situation like this. We'll just kind of flash back. I'm going to use Sunday instead of Saturday, so you know, don't correct me on, on, on this, this. Just hear me, okay? All right, so it's Sunday, and a Jewish man is doing business and, and the man he's doing business with comes to him and says, okay, hey, you know, let's lock this down today. Let's sign this, man. Let's sign on the bottom line. This is going to make you a lot of money. This is a win-win deal for all of us. And the Jewish man goes, absolutely. I'm incredibly excited. We'll do it tomorrow. Today's the Sabbath. I don't, I don't work today. What? Well, first of all, why don't you work? And second of all, what's the Sabbath? Oh, 
It's a day that I remember that that God's created all this. What? What do you mean? God created all this. This wasn't some cosmic uh, mishap. God created all this. What? There's a God? Let me tell you about him. And because of the Sabbath, it was a sign to the unbeliever. And it was a sign for generations because it was an opportunity to talk about the provision of God and the power of God and the creation of God. And it was an opportunity to lead someone into the arms of a loving God who otherwise wouldn't know. But faith had to be demonstrated. A stance had to be made. Not a stance for the sake of making a stance. Not a soapbox just for the sake of, of, of religion. But a stance that was based in relationship and trust because we knew who our God was and we were obedient. And he told us, above all, remember the Sabbath and keep it set apart and keep it holy. And so that's why we do it. So tomorrow, dude, I want to make this deal. But today, let's rest. Today, let's, let's just remember how great my God is. Exodus 31.17 says this, It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. How does God get refreshed? Can you guys do something with me? Can you Can you, let's do something together. Breathe in deep and hold it. And let it out. That's nice. Let's do that again. Breathe it in. The word for refreshed that this this used here is that word to exhale. To breathe out. That's how God gets refreshed. That's what the Lord did. See, when he created the earth, he spoke it into existence. He spoke, he spoke, he spoke. Let there be light. What he does in our life today, he speaks. He speaks to us. Speaking is pushing air out. And so when the Lord rests, he, he pulls it in and he rests. No more to be said. He's already done it. Six days of work and then he rested. The Sabbath is a gift from God. Rest is a gift from God. But I, I do want to say this, guys. We're not supposed to be legalistic about this. We're not. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2. Verses 23 through 38. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how, they, how he entered into the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. So why do I read this? I read it because honestly, I think Jesus is just so cool. And we don't have to be legalistic about it. If, so here, here's where I want to bring freedom. If you work on Sundays, if, if there's people that leave here and you've got, to, you've got to go to work, you work on Sundays, no condemnation. When is your Sabbath? When are you going to rest? It, it, it doesn't have to be today because man was made 
I mean, the Sabbath was made for man, not the other way around. But we have to rest. We have to demonstrate that trust. God gives us a day off. And there could be other reasons. But in my mind, the only reason we wouldn't take a day off is because we don't trust Him. We don't trust Him to meet our needs. We don't trust Him to that what needs to get done will get done. If we don't trust God, we suffer. And others suffer with us. If we don't rest, then our relationships will suffer. If we could do something here. If we could just close our eyes for one second. I'm just going to ask a question and, and I, I just want to allow you just to just a a quiet, safe place to respond. Is there anyone in here who's not taking an adequate time of rest? If you're not taking an adequate time of rest, and and I I referenced, you know, men, but honestly, you know, I think women, I think stay-at-home moms, you're you're right up there with any man who owns his own business. the risk of not taking this time of rest is just as high for you. I'm just being honest with you. Is there anyone here that's not taking an adequate time of rest? Would you just slip up your hand? Not for my sake, but for the sake of of what's going to happen right now between you and the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's all you guys. There's all kinds of hands. Trust has to be demonstrated. And honestly, that's why I asked you to raise that hand is just as that starting point of demonstrating our trust to the Lord. We can trust the Lord. We can trust the Lord. He is trustworthy. When He says rest, you can trust Him that the stuff's going to get taken care of. When He says rest, you can trust Him He's going to carry you through the storm. When He says rest, you can trust Him, period. And you can trust that it's not for religious sake. It's for relationship's sake. This is not about religious obligation. This is about relationship enhancement with him and with others. Could you just take a moment if if that spoke to you, can you just take a moment and agree with God and just right now, just where you are, just agree with God and say, Lord, I'm going to rest because I do trust you. Lord, I I am. I'm going to rest. I'm going to adequately rest because You are the source. You are the provider. You are the strong one. You are the great one. You are the mighty one. You're so loving and you're so caring. And I trust you. Friends, I know there's other areas where some of us might not be trusting God either. And I want you to think about those areas. I I really do. I want you to think about any other areas where we might not be trusting God. Maybe it's with the salvation of a loved one or maybe it's with trusting God to heal our heart because we've been hurt and we've been betrayed. It's trusting God that our kids will turn out all right. If there's any other area that, that we're not trusting God, I just, the same thing, right there where you are, I just want you to just call out to the Lord and say, I do trust you, but I've, 
I thought I was the one responsible for the results. But it's not, Lord, it's you. You're responsible for the results. It's not me. It's not me. It's you. With all eyes closed, is there anyone here today that just doesn't know Jesus, but you want to? You want to place your trust in a living God that you can believe in, that you can trust in, and that will be your strength and that will guide your life. If there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus and you want to trust in him, would you just slip up your hand right there where you are with all eyes closed? Is there anyone else? Just Is there anyone that would just slip up their hand and say, I don't know Jesus, but this day I'm going to trust in him. Is there anyone? Lord, you are good. You are great. And you are completely, 100% trustworthy. I, I know I've had us say a lot of things and, and breathe out loud and stuff today, but can we say this together too? You are 100% trustworthy. You are 100% trustworthy. I can trust you. I can trust you with everything. I can trust you with my heart. I can trust you with my hurts. I can trust you with my future. I can trust you with my kids. I can trust you with my job. I can trust you with my health. Because you're trustworthy. And I place my trust in you. And I'm not afraid to demonstrate it. Holy Spirit, we asked you to, to be in this place and we asked you to guide us and we asked you to, to move us into the truth of Jesus. And we thank you that this is what you're doing right now. So we just, we just patiently agree with you and what you're doing in every heart and the things that you're, you're pinpointing things right now, right this moment, you're pinpointing things that we need to trust you in and realize that we're not God, you are. Keep doing it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a preacher I admire that after every sermon he preaches, he says, he says, right now, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me in this message? Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach me in this message? And he does that after every message and I love it. We should do that. Holy Spirit, what are you, what are you trying to teach me in this, in this message, in this day, at this moment? Our God is good, huh?